Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Dwight Oswald, and we are continuing on today in our series, The Right Kind of Faith. And I've titled our study today, Examples of a Counterfeit Faith. There's lots of examples. These are a few here. Number one, Luke 12, 45 through 47. The man in the parable knew the master's will. He knew it, but was presumptuous and lived accordingly. But note, it says that in his heart, he did refer to the master as my master. This person intellectually knows the truth, but this type of response is shown to be indicative of unbelievers. Number two, Luke, uh, Luke 18, 9 through 14. In this parable, Christ presents examples of proud and self-righteous people who believe in God and yet are not saved. Note, believing in God plus your works for salvation really amounts to faith in self and is condemned as self-righteousness. Number three, John 2, 23 through 25. In view are those who have an emotional faith, but something is lacking in the heart because the text says, quote, Jesus did not commit himself to them. And then it goes on to emphasize the necessity of being born again as seen in John 3, 1 through 8. Note the chapter divisions are not inspired. And what uh, Jesus says, how he did not, how it says Jesus did not commit himself to them, leads right in to John chapter 3, a man must be born again. John chapter 8, verses, this is number 4, number 4, John 8, 30 through 32. In the context, these represent those who have a bogus kind of faith that does not continue. Uh, they claim to believe in Jesus, but Jesus told them that disciples indeed, I mean those that are true disciples, real followers, abide, that is continue in his word. It is clear that these quote-unquote believers, as they are called, were not true converts because in the immediate context they proceeded to want to kill Jesus. And Jesus told them that they were of their father, the devil, and were not of God. So these are said to be believers, and Jesus clearly outs them as unbelievers. Number five, Acts 8, 12 through 13, verse 20, and then verses 22 and 23. Simon is initially said to have believed, but his heart was not right. He had a self-serving kind of faith. And Peter proceeded to tell him his heart was not right, had a heart problem, and called him to repentance. He lacked sincere and genuine repentance. He had an emotional, intellectual sort of faith, but he lacked true repentance. Number six, Acts 20, 29 through 30. Paul warned that among the people of God, savage wolves would come, quote, in among you. They clearly profess to be part of the family of God. They have a self-oriented agenda and not the good of the flock. Wolves in sheep's clothing are a constant danger. See Matthew 7.15. And also note that the wheat and the tares do grow together. Matthew 13.24-30. Number 7. Romans 10, 2 and 3. Paul's testimony was that the Jews had a zeal for God. They really did. They had a zeal for God. They had a faith of sorts. I mean, they didn't deny the reality of God. They had a faith of sorts. 
But it was an ignorant faith that resulted in self-righteousness. Number eight. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2. Paul says that faith is vain, that is empty or futile, if it does not hold fast to the true gospel. This is the test. A saving faith perseveres. Number nine, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty six. Here Paul spoke of false brethren. They have a profession of faith, but they're not genuine. They're false brethren. Number 10, James 2, 14, 17, 20, and 21 through 26. James called mere intellectual assent that doesn't work a dead faith. It professes, but does not work. James is clear that this kind of faith does not save them. James 2, 19. James says that even demons believe and tremble. They too believe intellectually and have an emotional experience. That is, they tremble. But they're not saved. They have no true allegiance to God. A demon-like faith has intellectual and emotional elements only. It lacks a heart commitment to the truth of Christ. Number 12. 1 John 2, 3, and 4. There are those who claim to know the Lord, but live a life of disobedience. John says such people are liars who are not truly saved. And he goes on to say in the book of Revelation that all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. Revelation 21, 8. Number 13, Revelation 2, 9, 3, 1, and verse 9. There are those who profess to be the covenant people of God, but in truth they belong to Satan. There are those who have a reputation for being alive, but in truth are spiritually dead. In contrast, the truly genuine persevere. Number 14, Revelation 17 and 18. The great whore claims to belong to God, but is unfaithful and in truth does not really know God. And then finally, number 15, Revelation 20, 7 through 10. Many in the millennial kingdom will outwardly submit to the rule of Christ, but when Satan is released, there's the real test. When Satan is released, they will show their true colors as they openly follow Satan in a final rebellion. There are four basic categories of counterfeit faith. And note these four categories do overlap to some degree. Number one, there is a pretend faith. It's hypocritical, outwardly professing, but not an inward reality. Titus 1.16, they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. Number two, vain faith. It accepts certain intellectual and historical facts, but does not endure. Uh, Paul very plainly said, you're saved by the gospel unless your faith is vain in 1 Corinthians 15. Number three, demon-like faith. The will is involved, or rather the will is uninvolved. The will is uninvolved while the intellect and the emotions are. And uh, James spoke of this in James 2.19. Uh, even the demons believe and tremble. Yes, they believe in a sort of way, in, a, in an intellectual way. They know, they believe it, but it's not of the heart. Number four, temporary faith initially accepts the truth, but does not continue. It does not persevere. And this is the point of the parable of the sower and the soils. It's one of the points there, one of the key points. 
that uh, the genuine uh, do bear fruit in perseverance. Others accept it initially as in a joyful way even, but then times of testing and temptation come and they immediately fall away. So temporary faith, it doesn't continue. James 2.19, you believe there is one God? You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Hebrews 11 is called the Hall of Faith chapter. There we read that without faith, it is impossible to please God. But note that this same verse indicates that true faith diligently seeks him. And the examples borne out in the rest of the chapter consistently illustrate this. A living faith is an active faith in that it demonstrates itself in the person's life as illustrated over and over in Hebrews 11. This is what the Hall of Faith chapter is all about. Hebrews 11.39 says, And all these, all the examples seen in the chapter, and all these having obtained a good testimony through faith. This is the nature, the essence of saving faith illustrated. This is Pastor Dwight Oswald signing off for now.